Welcome, one and all, to The Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. I'm here, as always, with my lovely wife, Angela, and the prophet of the hour, Dr. Andrew. How are you today, sir? Doing well, thanks. So, uh, we've had a very interesting, interesting week. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. uh, I want to I say that what's going on at the G7 is is really kind of heavy duty but the heavy duty stuff is is actually the stuff that's going on outside of the G7. Sure. We're more concerned about the oil and the wine so. And 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 it seems like every time we get the the situation settled where the wine won't get damaged, the merchant of merchants does something else to upset the apple cart, mm-hmm. and he's been he's been lucky so far that the that the wine hasn't hasn't spilled. But I don't think he's gonna stay lucky. No, it's gonna happen soon. So, so, <clears throat> so we're uh, it's today's August twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen. Yes, and these are kind of what's what has transpired over the last week. So, okay, as you know, we've been talking about not damaging the oil. Um, the oil, one month ago, the UK through Gibraltar sees a two billion barrel oil super tanker from Iran. Right. Now, Gibraltar, being a semi-autonomous state, independent from the UK and the US, ostensibly, was like, we don't want to get involved with this, guys. We, this is a blood battle between the US and Iran. So. And they were they were smart enough to let the tanker go. Yep. So on August 15th, quote, the authorities in Gibraltar on Thursday released an Iranian oil tanker they had impounded six weeks ago, defying a United States request hours earlier to seize the ship. Okay. They also released the ship's crew from detention. That's from the New York Times. Okay. So in, in response to this release, the United States issued a warrant for the seizure of the Iranian tanker just after, after it was released. It says, quote, the legal action thrust the Grace One supertanker into the heart of tensions between Washington and Tehran a day after a dispute over its fate between Britain and Iran had apparently been resolved. That's from the Washington Post. Okay. So on August 21st, a few days after that, quote, the Iran-flagged Adrian Dario One, previous name Grace One, set course for Kalamata, Greece, with an estimated arrival on August 25th. Okay. According to ship tracking service Marine Traffic. So it should be <coughs> arriving there if it hasn't already today. Yeah, it hasn't. It was immediately clear why the tanker would be heading there. It was not immediately clear why the tanker would be heading there or whether the destination would change. That's from oil and gas. Okay. So, um, so interesting, yeah. The the tanker had to be renamed from Grace One to Adrian Daria because of the fact that the uh, Panama didn't want it no more to do with the tanker, which is who it was named after originally. So Panama. Yep. So the name was changed to Adrian Daria. Okay. Okay. So in response to this, they put the U.S. put significant pressure on Greece to not host the Adrian Daria 1. It says, quote, 
Deputy Foreign Minister Miltiades Varvisiotos told broadcaster ANTI his country was not willing to fa facilitate the course of the ship to Syria. The move comes after Secretary of State Mike Pompeo threatened sanctions on any country that helps the tanker. And that's from the U.S. News. Okay. So, <clears throat> so because they can't go into Greece, they've set a new destination. They're going to their Muslim brother, Turkey. Okay? Oh. So, the, the Iranian oil tanker Adrian Daria, previously known as Grace One, has changed its destination to a port in Turkey. The U.S. has threatened to sanction any party that takes the oil. And again, the United States has warned that anyone who, sent, who helps them will be sanctioned for taking their oil. Well, good. They can, I'd like to see them sanction Turkey. <laughs> yeah. So, as we know, the prophet says, do not damage the oil. Right. But that's the least of our concerns. The one that's much greater is the one that says, do not damage Spill, yeah, do the not wine. damage the wine. So as we know, wine is the blood of mankind. Yes. And, and it's... It's on the verge of being damaged. Yep. And as we know, a red line has been set by the White House. It says that if one U.S. military personnel perishes by the hands of Iran or its proxies, we will go to war. So, so in this case, we're now talking about if anyone should perish while this tanker is either ported or on its way to or from Turkey, uh -huh. it's on. Yep. But I always say the, the war's not going to happen there. The war will happen in Iraq. So as we speak, Israel continues to try to cause us to step over that red line. So just a few days ago, an Israeli airstrike on an Iranian weapons depot in Iraq confirmed by U.S. officials, is threatening to destabilize the security in the volatile country that has struggled to remain neutral in the conflict between Washington and Tehran. Okay. This fallout could directly affect the future of thousands of American troops in Iraq, providing ammunition and pretext for hardline factions who want them to leave. Significantly, a leading Shiite Muslim cleric followed by some Iraqi militant factions issued a public religious edict or fatwa on Friday that forbids the presence of U.S. troops in, <coughs> in Iraq following the strikes, Associated Press. So in other words, the United States has, has until sundown to get out of town. Yep. So, and, um, and if they don't, one of Iran's proxies is probably going to attack. Yeah. And US when troops. that happens... That's our red line. That's the that's the damage to the wine. Oh, boy. Oh, boy's right. So so things are kind of heating up. And, it's and just they're matter, very close. They're just a matter of time before something slips and we're in war. Now, there's a... <clears throat> there, there's weirdness with this. Mm-hmm. And the weirdness with this is the fact that uh, 
nobody really wants to get into war with the United States, but the United States wants to get into a war with somebody. No, not necessarily. There's factions in the United States, namely the B team, that would love to get into a war. Well, they they would also love a recession to happen. Anything, <clears throat> any anything that will that will flatten the tires on Trump's limo, they they no. they, they want to have happen. No, I think the B team just wants a war. Um, I don't think Ashley. I don't think Trump wants a war. Well, so. Trump doesn't. Trump doesn't know what he asked for. He doesn't. He doesn't. Um, Trump. Trump stumbled into war, kind of like you know. Yeah, Trump. Uh, will, Trump will win war if it helps his cause. And and it's not. It's not going to help his cause. Well, well, if he if he, if we end up going to war because he'll be reelected as president if we go if we go to war. Oh yeah, so. I forgot. I forgot about. I forgot about all the personal tension that Trump has. Yeah. So um, it will also save his family. It will. It will. Because so, so there's a be, be, because because if 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 Trump goes down, his family goes down with him. Yeah. So there's a lot of impetus for us to go to war, and that that soon will come to fruition. So. Well, it's it's something that. We've talked about in the past that Bolton's won for thirty years, uh-huh. and and now we have Trump at the precipice of annihilation, uh-huh. and yeah. and the only thing that'll save him is this war. Absolutely. <clears throat> so the interesting thing is, uh, clearly, the prophecy says oil is a very very important tool. Mm-hmm. So, as we know, the oil was used to anoint the guilt offering. Right. Um, in many ways, the oil is a it's a uh, prefactor of what will come, which is the final war. Okay. Uh, so, really, it's over. It's only been the past hundred, hundred twenty years that oil has become significant. Um, so, just kind of a brief history lesson, history lesson in oil. Okay. Um, is that yeah? It's only been very recently. Um, as we know, in the early, in, in about 1900, was when the oil fields were discovered in Texas. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> Not soon after that, it was the Model T that was introduced by Ford that drove drove the demand for oil. So our okay. personal transportation became important to driving up the need for oil. Uh, we had our first major world war in 1914. Okay. And it was at that time that we figured how important oil was for funding our wars, for driving our wars. Oh, but then in World War II, we discovered what happens to a country without oil. Absolutely. So... In 1914, during World War One, it was there was a massive shortage of oil because of all the military machines that were geared towards securing the oil reserves. Okay. Uh, not soon after that, after World War One was completed, uh, oil became the fuel of choice for land, for automobiles, for sea, and for air transportation. Okay. Okay, not only that, but it also became critical for our agriculture. 
So all our pesticides and fertilizers. Uh, were and and were equipment. Petroleum. And equipment runs on petroleum. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, so we're we're in a position now where without oil, uh, we're we're really in a world of hurt. As a matter of fact, we were able to control and dictate how World War II ended. Right. Because of oil. Because Absolutely. of oil. Absolutely. We we were able to, um, although although. It was a nasty battle in Japan. Uh -huh. um, sure. The fact that they didn't have access to oil <clears throat> really changed their fortune. Oh, absolutely. And and drove the Nazis to South America. Uh -huh. um, the war ended. Germany lost. Uh, Japan lost, and the Nazis left town. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. So, so post World War II, it was interesting in the fact that the U.S. was actually the major exporter of oil. Okay. Okay. So because of that, all the foreign countries, Britain and France, relied heavily, heavily upon our oil. Um, of course, we realized that that wouldn't last forever. So it, it was about that time that U.S. and European oil companies began drilling for the easiest place to get oil, which is in the Middle East. Uh, in the mid in the mid twenties, in nineteen twenty eight, the Iraq Petroleum Company was established, which essentially was a go ahead for U.S. to drill their oil. Okay. Okay. Um, nineteen thirty, the East Texas field was discovered, so that kind of held off on our hegemony on oil, um, <clears throat> and it was, a <coughs> it was also at this time that Germany and Japan began to rise as powers. They began to rely heavily upon foreign oil supplies in order to become the power that they were during World War II. So 1930, the Standard Oil of California, or SoCal, which we now call Chevron, began to control the oil just south of Saudi Arabia, so in Bahrain, okay? Wow. And then the Texas oil company, Texaco, Texaco, and Chevron began to have oil rights in Saudi Arabia in 1933. And in 1935, the Gulf Oil Company, or Gulf, had control of the oil in Kuwait. As you can see, all these major American companies were beginning to control all the oil in the Middle East. And and we need to remember that that's really what everything that happened from 1914 on right up to today yep, was absolutely. really about. It, it's about where the oil is. Right, and who who controls it? And who controls it? Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so interestingly, uh, Roosevelt recognized this and he said, "Oh, this is probably not good that these companies are controlling the oil because that means that they have the power to do to dictate what happens." So Roosevelt actually in 1940 tried to set up a government-owned oil company to take over the oil rights in Saudi Arabia. Now, we're 
it didn't work out because of all the political pressure from Gulf Oil, from Texaco, from Chevron said no. Well, and we also, I, I think it wasn't, uh, it was a little before that when the oil fields in Oklahoma were discovered. Uh, and so there wasn't as much pressure on the United States for exporting oil. But as they began to realize that the oil in Oklahoma, the, the oil in Oklahoma actually was a was a, the canary in the coal mine because in Oklahoma, they discovered that we could actually run out of oil. Uh -huh. um, exactly. Uh, yes, the, the, the oil well at the Oklahoma State Capitol still brings in about um, 10 <coughs> barrels a month. But, <coughs> But but the thing that it proves is that what's in the ground is all there is. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> Once it comes out, it's over. Yeah. So interestingly, yeah, the government tried to avoid the hegemonic power of all these private companies, but ultimately failed. So these the Seven Sisters continue to be to control. Uh, much of what goes on throughout the world. Mm -hmm. so. And so we're going to take a break right here. Um, this conversation is really interesting. I, I like talking about um, the oil and, and what's going on with it. But like I said, we need to take a break. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. This is the Prophecy Show on the Christ the King Radio Network. Welcome back, one and all, to The Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. I'm here with Dr. Andrew, and we're talking about the fact that we are seconds away. And when I say seconds, um, I mean global seconds, I mean mm -hmm. big seconds, away from uh, damaging the oil and damaging the wine. Mm -hmm. <coughs> so... Oil has always been a precursor to the shedding of blood. Mm. Um, so, interestingly, uh, World War II, 1941. Okay. Everyone talks about how stupid Germany was for attacking Russia and how stupid Japan was for attacking the United States. I say no. They really had no choice. Nope. They had no choice. Germany needed to access oil from Russia and the Russian oil fields. And Russia so, wasn't giving up the oil. So they went in and attacked. They really didn't have a choice. And on the same token, Japan needed to control the Netherlands East Indies oil fields, which was being protected by our Navy. Well, the problem with uh, attacking Russia is is they made the same mistake Napoleon did. Yep. Um, Napo they, yeah, they, decided, they decided to fight Russia in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> True. Very good point. It, it, it didn't work out very, very well. Very good point. So, and then, of course, Japan attacked Pearl Harbor yeah. to try to knock down the Armada. And and, and, to... and, 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 and while, they, while they did 
damage while they did destroy a boat or two and kill a bunch of servicemen um they really put themselves in a, in a really bad situation yeah, with they the really United put States themselves in harm's way because and they woke, they woke. got everything we had thrown at them at one time yeah. woke the sleeping giant is basically what they did so just like we're about to wake wake up the sleeping genie same thing so um so obviously the war efforts <clears throat> cause a huge strain on our reserves because yeah you're driving war that's what uh, that's what happens so uh as we know in three years later in 44 u.s regained control of the pacific and of course japan was crippled because of her lack of oil okay yep same thing with soviet the so the with germany the soviets took over the oil fields in 1944 and germany was destroyed because of real lack of oil. Right. So very, very important, you know, what the implication of oil is. Now, a very, very important thing happened in 1946 was through Roosevelt, we made a, a great deal with Saudi Arabia. Okay. So we agreed that we would work together to access their oil. In, in other words, we would protect Saudi Arabia, we would teach them our techniques for getting the oil out of the ground and mm -hmm. providing them with great wealth and and then stand at attention while they kicked us out of the country. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so anyway, so the uh, so that was extremely important. Just a year later, the Truman Doctrine was in, in, indoctrinated, which basically uh, committed us to containing communism, okay? So okay. obviously it led to many wars after that. Um, in 1948, <clears throat> the, uh, the great debate began because we set up the Israeli state, and that caused a great conflict because of the fact that we were sleeping with Saudi Arabia, yet sleeping with Israel as well. So it was it was very it put a big strain in the relationship. So as we know in forty eight we basically <coughs> set help Israel set up the uh, Israeli nation. Mm -hmm. And um it was at that time that the oil companies Chevron, Texaco, etc. They began to back off from the U.S. government. They said, "Listen, guys, we have nothing to do with our government, and we want to continue to maintain our oil relationships with you guys." So, so it's always been separate. So the, the corporations and the government have always tried to keep distance from one another. Okay. Okay. In the fifties, it uh, oil sword as far as being essential for our existence so it was responsible for 30 percent of our world energy consumption okay not, not only that had it not been for the oil that that we had here in the states we we would not have had an industrial revolution we would have we would have kind of had to do the wheel sure all over again so we actually, in the 50s, began to supply oil to Europe and to Germany and to Japan. 
so that they would not become overly aggressive and convert to communism. Okay. okay. Um, as we know, the Seven Sisters, the Seven Great Oil Companies, BP included, um, in the 50s controlled 90% of the oil supplies and 75% of all refineries in the world. Wow. So they really controlled everything. Yes. Okay. Um, Soviet, the only competitor at that time was the Soviet Union. And then eventually they, they dried out too. So we really became the hegemonic power of oil throughout the world. Okay. Okay. Uh, in 51, uh, Iran, which is so important to prophecy, was actually becoming a democratic state. So, so the uh, Mossadegh, the general who controlled Iran at the time, <clears throat> had set up a democratic nation. Um, However, because Britain controlled that part of the world, their oil, BP controlled their oil, they, they were very upset that Mozambique was talking about nationalizing their oil. So what did we do? We went in there, caused a coup, caused Mozambique to be destroyed, and set up our own Shah. And, and now we control Iran, okay? And, and that lasted until... The seventies, yep, with Carter, yep, when and Khomeini and, took over, sure. yeah. Mm -hmm. But but I think what Khomeini did was was kind of ingenious. Um, no, Khomeini he, was a brilliant man. Well, he waited, and to show you how how <laughs> long. See, that's that's the problem that that the United States has when it deals with Islamic countries. Um, they they believe in the fact that yeah, you have the watch, but we have the time, mm -hmm. and and so hey, live for another day. They were they were able to wait out. They've always been able to wait. Well, out. And, until a president like Carter came along, who would try to do one thing, and they force his hand to do something else, mm -hmm. and and they did when yeah. they captured when they. They captured the Americans in the embassy, and and held them for ransom until until uh, uh, Reagan be, was in, inaugura inaugurated. They showed that they really didn't need us; we needed them. Yep. And so, and we yeah. still haven't gotten the message. No, we haven't. So, uh, interestingly, so we've got this thing going on with Iran. We got our Shah put in there that is basically uh, giving their oil to us. And then on the other side of the field is Iraq. And um, it was in the 50s that Brigadier Qasem um, began to become very communist tolerant. So... It was at that time that we began to support Saddam Hussein. So we actually helped Saddam Hussein come into yes, power. Yes, we did. Um, so it's funny how friends become enemies and vice versa. Well, especially when you're dealing with oil and wine. Uh -huh. Friends do become enemies. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so that happens. And, and, and to show you how... how Nothing has really changed since the days of the Shah of Iran. 
um, Macron and 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 Cadet Bone Spurs got into it in Macron's company mm -hmm. country rather um, talking about well you know we're gonna put sanctions on oh sure absolutely on 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 wine yeah. coming into the country and sure and Macron so. said really are, are, are you sure you want to do that? Absolutely. I think, and, and the other part, and, and the reason why I, 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 I'm kind of excited about it is because for the first time, Trump is actually going to learn some history. Mm -hmm. he, he's will. going to learn about the fact that if it were not for the French, there would not be a United States and mm -hmm. that a king gave his head. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that so that he could have the power to stand and act a fool, but mm -hmm. I digress. Yeah. <laughs> so the um, so in, interestingly, in '56, we kind of did a dozy do on Britain. So that was the Swiss crisis when 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 basically Nasser took over the Swiss Canal, which basically controls all the oil okay. that flows through the canal, okay. <clears throat> mainly. BP oil. So it was interesting in the sense that Britain and France wanted to stop this, this nationalistic takeover by Egypt. Um, and we said, we don't want anything to do with that. It's theirs. So by doing so, we actually became the hegemonic power of oil um, because BP and Britain lost their power of oil that they once had, all that oil that they were taking from Iran. So we actually, like I said, we did a dozy do on them. Yes, and and we kind of set them <coughs> up, uh -huh. kind of kind of put them in a in in the, in the hurt seat. Yeah. Um. The the funny part about that is though, is that, in, even when when you and I are sitting here and we look back at it, you know, we we could see the mistakes that were made. And and we could see where the seeds were sown for what's going on today. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and 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 the fact that you know the fact that that Cadet Bone Spurs is like a guy in a room with no light but a bunch of levers. Mm -hmm. And because he doesn't have any light, he has no idea what these levers that he's pulling on do. Sure, absolutely. he's hoping that one of them will turn on the light. Mm -hmm. But it's not going to turn on the light. It's going to open the door, and he's going to see something he doesn't want to see. But sure. again, so big event, 1960 OPEC, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, was formed in Baghdad. So basically, it was the powers of Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and Venezuela who coalesced to control the oil market. <clears throat> of course, in that year, uh, Khomeini was. Uh, kicked out of Iran and uh, by the Shah and he lived at that time in Iraq with the Sadr's who as we know are the Antichrist so and and thus began where the, where the seeds sown for what's going seeds on were sown. today so uh, in 1963 uh, Iraq's Qasem was overthrown by the C by the CIA and of course, we handed power over to Saddam Hussein. There's all right. kinds of pictures that show Rumsfeld and 
So now I'm making the deal, okay? Right. So um, 67, again, we have this issue with supporting Israel, so kind of a double-edged sword. So the Arab and Israeli Six-Day War occurred, and of course we supported Israel, uh, who went ahead and took over the Sinai um, and, and Golan, Golan Heights. Heights. Yep. And, and, and refused <clears throat> to give them back. Yeah. They, they're so, like, hey, we, we, we took this in war. Yep. We won. You lose. Yep. Get out. Yeah. So OPEC, in response, raised their oil prices and, um, yeah, put a huge pressure on us as far as oil supply goes. Uh, in 1969, Nixon announced that the U.S. would rely and support regional allies, Iran and Saudi Arabia. Okay resulting in the U.S. trade of military equipment to these Middle Eastern countries. Okay. So here we are supporting different factions in the countries and preparing them with military weapons. Both, both who are technically our enemies but are masquerading as our friends. Exactly. And, and because of that masquerade, we are, we are obligated to assist them. And mm -hmm. protect them. Yep. So, like little bullies, they, yep. they've gone around the world slapping people. And whenever those people complain, they point to us and say, go get them. Yep. So, in the 70s is when uh, a lot of Middle Eastern oil policy was set up. And the reason that was was because we no longer were producing the vast amounts of oil that we once were. We we're only responsible for producing 20% of all the oil. Okay. Um, and we were importing oil. It rose from 10% in the 50s to 40% in order to meet our consumption needs. <clears throat> and in fact, the Middle East was, were the ones that were supplying 40% of all of the world's oil production. Okay? Mm -hmm. So... The, the trick here was that the OPEC countries were trying to nationalize their oil, oil supplies, um, yet the Seven Sisters... It was too late. They were already... Yeah. They so were they're trying trench. to control their control of oil in the Middle East. Henceforth, we've got all these policies that were put in place in order to protect the oil in the Middle East. Right. So, in 72, Saddam kind of did a dozy do. And he decided that he was going to be Soviet-friendly. Yes. So that, that, of course, did not go well with us. Well, that signed his death warrant. Yep. So in exchange for that, we gave Iran $22 billion worth of arms to fight against Iraq. Iraq. Again it goes, right? Of course, a uh, year after that, <clears throat> Israel... Uh, as the Yom Kippur War, uh, and again, we had to support Israel, so we caused more alienation. And what do they do? They embargo oil again because we supported them. So same, same effect. And, of course, we had the shortages that Carter had to suffer through. Well, we, they were actually um, the, the real reasons why the Carter presidency failed. Yep. While there were, well, now it's it's true, there were a lot of things going on within the country at the time. However, um, it, it, if you go back and you take a 
a look at that particular era, you will find that there were not that many racial tensions within the United States. There were tensions, but they were under the surface. They were manageable mm -hmm. tensions. It wasn't like people were out in the street burning things down. As a matter of fact, that was a that was a, a four year period where we kind of went whew, mm -hmm. and 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 got to catch our breath. <coughs> but because of the things that were going on outside the country, that were going on with oil and with agriculture. Um, while you talk about the oil, let's also remember that agriculture was going berserk at that time too. And, and there was a rise. I think that was when Monsanto uh, came into being as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, so those things put pressure on us directly, but the oil thing mm -hmm. put outside pressure. Yeah. So, nineteen seventy nine was a huge year. So this was the year, of course, that Khomeini took over Iran. Okay. Okay. He basically established what is now the Islamic fundamentalist government of present day Iran. Right. And his sanctions re resulted in huge shortages in the U.S. oil supply. Um, <clears throat> their sanctions caused an increase in inflation, unemployment, and interest rates. I mean, we can all remember the double-digit <clears throat> mortgages. Yes. Um, and then, of course, the Iran hostage situation occurred that year. Yep. And eventually had to be resolved through the Iran-Contra negotiations through Reagan and Bush Sr. Right. <clears throat> That year, also, Saddam Hussein uh, assumed full control of Iraq, um, and, to loss, and due to loss of control in Iran, we went back to support Saddam Hussein. Kind and that, of and that was flopping, kinda, and, flopping all over the place. Well, that was kind of done um, mainly, <clears throat> mainly to, to protect our interest. Sure. Um, and, and you know, there's a country that we're really not talking about, and and although their 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 responsibility is very minimal in the oil market, it's 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 still a significant chunk, and that is Nigeria. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about Nigeria, mainly because. By some fluke of nature, Nigeria got left out of all of the the crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but they never learned. They never learned how to produce their own oil. No. And and so that was a bad deal. They're the ones that actually are like the stepchild in this. Sure. So not soon after that. <clears throat> The uh, infamous Carter Doctrine was set up. Yes. So he basically set up a doctrine that allows for rapid deployment of forces uh, in the Middle East, basically, to secure um, oil and to secure our presence uh, in the United States. Not only that, but we, through him, we were able to secure uh, military equipment to Saudi Arabia. Right. To protect that region. Mm -hmm. also, also that year, Iran and Iraq went to war. Um, and because of it, 
we began to support Saddam Hussein. Well, the Iran-Iraq, the Iran-Iraq, Iraq War was where I I finally realized what I meant because I've said this since uh, 70, 79 or eighty that the United States is the only country in the world that creates a war, sells one side the guns and the other side the bullets and then sits and takes bets to see how long it'll take before they exchange <laughs> so it's that true. they're shooting at each other. It's true. We've always been uh, doing that. Um, well, but it was really evident in 79 and 80. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, it, it was so evident. Yeah, and the irony is that we also supported uh, a person who was fighting the Soviets in Afghanistan, a guy by the name of Osama bin Laden. Yes. So As a matter of fact, we, so we yeah. actually, it's through our funding that we set up the present-day Al-Qaeda. And, 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 and helped Osama bin Laden's father come up with the money that was left to Osama bin Laden to do the things that he did. Sure. Uh, so in many ways, we helped cause 9-11. And, and I, I believe 9-11 was an inside job, but that's another story. Yeah, it's... I think they knew about it. I don't know if they <laughs> it was an inside job. Okay. I think the Bushes, Bush, the Bushes knew that something was coming. Well, you pipe. you could tell they they were surprised. They're surprised it was the on trade the towers. day of nine yeah, eleven when that they were surprised it was the trade towers. Yeah, they. I, I do believe they knew a uh, hijacking was coming. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to take another break. Um, this conversation is getting really, really interesting. Um, when we come back. We'll uh, kind of pull it all together and, 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 and show how those things beget these things. Uh -huh. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe, and this is the Prophecy Show on Christ the King Radio and the CTK Radio Network. Welcome back, one and all, to the Prophecy Show. I'm your host, Michael Van Lowe. I'm here with Dr. Andrew. We're talking about uh, the United States becoming a hegemonic power using its oil. And in our in our past discussion, we're, we're pointing out that it wasn't always true. Uh -huh. We were not always a hegemonic power. And and we did not always use our oil to make that happen. Uh, <clears throat> we use other people's oil. Yeah, we well we gambled like we do with other people's yeah. money. Yeah, use other people's oil. Yeah. So, you know, we mentioned before how doctrines were set up in order to protect our interests in the Middle East, uh, right. Carter Doctrine, and then of course Reagan and in succession established the Rapid Deployment Force and Central Command. Right. Um, and we continued to support Saddam Hussein because of his opposition against Iran. Okay. Okay. So, um, Saddam Hussein got a little carried away, and he began to 
attack the... Uh, he basically, in 1990, decided that he would like to assume control of Kuwaiti oil. So he attacked Kuwait and tried to take control of their oil. Uh, that didn't work out very well. Not at all. <clears throat> so we, uh, of course, recognized that uh, this was not good for our interests. And since that we had one of the largest military bases in the world, right in the middle of Kuwait, sure. we decided, well, if you want to come in here and invade, yep. come on. <clears throat> yep. So, of course, we had Operation Desert Storm, and 200,000 Iraqi troops were immediately killed. Yep. Um, as Hussein withdrew his troops, they set fire to all the oil wells, basically. Uh, if we can't have it, you're not going to have it. Um, so we were, Senior was sensible enough that to not destroy Saddam Hussein because you know, you leave a vacuum if you destroy Correct. a dictatorship that's already in place. So he held off. Uh, and in exchange, he sanctioned Saddam Hussein heavily. Uh, unfortunately, this resulted <clears throat> not in the destruction necessary of the upper ranks, but did result in the deaths of a million children uh, due to starvation in Iraq. So, wow. so we really ended up hurting the wrong people. Um, so <clears throat> throughout the 90s, uh, oil prices continued to drop and our consumption radically increased. Okay. Okay. Um, in order to get back at us, <clears throat> Saddam Hussein became the first OPEC nation to begin trading oil for euros. So that's when we began to lose control of the currency or oil currency or petrodollars. Uh, subsequent nations, Iran and Venezuela, did the same. So it was at this time that we recognized that we better do something about this, otherwise we're going to be in trouble. So, as we know, in 2001, Osama bin Laden became a catalyst for that by attacking the New York Trade Center Towers. Right. Um, and immediately, we <clears throat> did not put the blame on the Saudis, which is really what we should have done, but put the blame on Afghanistan, who was funding, uh, supporting these Al-Qaeda um, initiatives, which, unfortunately, we are, we're the ones that started it to begin with you know uh, when I, I love it when i listen to pundits on the bbc or uh, msnbc or cnn or even fox news and and i do check them all out and uh, i hear people people say that you know they don't understand why these things happen. They they fail to understand that we've been in there with a prod poking these things, forcing them to happen, using them for our own advantage. Uh -huh. Yeah, we've always been kind of manipulating the Middle East. So, so <clears throat> post 9-11, we went ahead and attacked Afghanistan. But knowing that the prize was not Afghanistan, the prize was Iraq. So prior to even a war being declared, i.e. rapid deployment set okay. up by Reagan, 
we began to massively attack Iraq with airstrikes one month, one month prior to even declaring war with them. So, uh, as we know, they claimed that they had weapons of mass destruction. No, we got Colin Powell to tell that lie. Yeah, so Colin Powell, to this day, lives in infamy because he gave us bad information. However, however, if we could just peel the curtain back just a little bit, we would see that Colin Powell <laughs> was really innocent. It was... Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, sure. Of course. Dick Cheney. Yeah, they gave him the lies to feed to uh, us. <clears throat> yeah. He was, just the, he was just the fall guy. And, and, and they're the ones... Actually, um, we used to talk about it then. We don't talk about it as much anymore. Mainly because um, they've... With Dick Cheney out of power now, or at least visible power, nobody talks about Halliburton. Well, Halliburton benefited greatly from the Iraq War. As we know, they they had an $18.5 billion contract to um, supply the supply. troops. Supply, sure. And, and they, they, it went to their heads. Um, there were young guys, guys as young as, you know, 22, 23, given high-powered guns. If you think, if you think that the mass shootings in the United States currently are insane, you need to look at what happened in Iraq during oh, the Iraq War, where one guy stood on the back of a Jeep with a fifty caliber machine gun and mowed down two intersections of people. Sure. And the... Our news reported it as an incident. How many people were killed? Well, there were, it was massive casualties. There was no number until the Iraqis reported how many. And they said, well, you know, 100 people were just slaughtered on this corner. Uh -huh. and, and it was fed to us as just a news feed. And, and there was no, it was just news. Sure. You know, sure. And 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 we we took it and swallowed it down, and the next re story was about the stock market. Oh, and the stock market gained fifty points today. Yep. Whoa. So so yeah, bloody war. <clears throat> so officially, uh, three thousand eight hundred thirty troops were killed. Um, Twenty seven thousand seven hundred fifty three were injured. And one million, one million eighty-seven thousand Iraqi civilians were killed in the Iraq War, at a cost of about half a trillion dollars. So, <clears throat> so the sad thing is, yeah, we have damaged the oil. We did. They're really, I mean, it's and severely damaged the oil. So, so now <clears throat> it's the protection of the wine. Yeah, so the the damage of the oil has been going on for a very long time, and um, as we know, the the gurus of oil, Bush and Cheney, have have done that, and they have benefited greatly. They have made a lot of money, and they have 
it's basically because of their acts in Iraq, they have kept us in power as the hegemonic uh, monetary system of the world. Okay. So the petrodollar lives to this day because of them. So, um, so yeah, so we're at this point in history now where they damage the oil and we continue to damage the oil even more. And we've damaged the wine. And this, we already damaged the wine. It's just now we're, it's just a matter of are we going to look at the broken glass? Yeah, well, we're about to damage Persian wine. That's what's going to happen. And that's going to be bad. And that's going to be bad because they have the Persians have a different way of fighting. So they have they fight asymmetrically. They, they, they're archers, and the war will come to American soil if we go to war with Iran. Not if we, when we go to war with Iran. So it'll give a new meaning to asymmetry. It'll give a new meaning, new meaning to terrorism. I bet we haven't seen terrorism. No, it'll it'll give new meaning to a nuclear war. So yeah, because then one will be <clears throat> one will be in the offing. Uh huh. It's just a matter of um, who gets to their button first. Sure. And oh, by the way, Donald Trump, you both have buttons. They're both pretty big, uh -huh. and they both work. Oh yeah. So, <clears throat> so it will be, it will be a nuclear war. Once, yeah, you won't, once you it won't get to tell you won't get to tell the the Iranians what you told no. the North Koreans. No, that I have a bigger to. button than yours and mine works exactly because theirs works too. Yeah, and so, so and and because the thing I I was watching something yesterday and. The way Trump fights is totally different from the way anyone else fought. Mm -hmm. The way the way Trump destroys is different. The way he does things. Now, the distraction and 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 I have to tell you there are quite a few distractions. The distraction is the war at the border. And the distraction is also what's going on with the United States and Iran. Because the real issue with Trump is what it is the Russians have on him that forces him to follow commands. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and even though it doesn't seem like that's part of what we're talking about, it is. Because Pompeo and Putin would love to get in the North Pole. I heard something very interesting yesterday, too. Um, the reason why Putin and Trump don't believe in global warming is because they're looking for oil. Mm -hmm. And the only way they're going to find it is to melt the ice. And the only way the ice is going to melt is if we keep doing what we're doing. Now, I, there's good news and bad news. Um, the good news is... This has happened before, and even though the, the Earth is not destined to survive this time, this is not a new phenomenon of the, of the Earth heating up. The bad news is, is that 
the reason that man is going to go explore the places where the ice melts. Because I, I suspect that if it were not going to be for the exploration of oil, that the earth in its own way would probably survive this warming and, and begin to cool itself back off. However, man's going to cool it off. And, and, and somewhere between uh, Trump's America and Muqtadr al-Sadr's Iran, there's going to be a button pushed. It's going to create a disaster that we've never seen the likes of. Yep, so it's just a matter of time. Yep. Anyway, thanks, Doc. Mm -hmm. I'm your host, Michael Vanvo. This has been The Prophecy Show. Christ the King Radio at ctkradio.org and the Christ the King Radio Network. Until next time, love God and each other.